0: This is Garland of Mystical Visions. Again, Introduction, Apavada Darshana. In our search for truth, somehow, we conceive in our mind that truth is one and unchanging. Thus, in our concept of truth, we have a vague notion of being. It is nothing we can see here. To attain to this experience of pure being, whatever is clear in our mind must get diffused, and become vague. What is distinct has become and hence is not being. Being is beginningless and endless. We have to eliminate distinctness, becoming forms and names. This is negation. A consistent negation of the irrelevant to arrive at truth is called apavada. There are two ways to approach truth. One is to emphasize the assertion of or the existence of certain qualities, bhava nischaya. We must use a different method when seeking a thing which cannot be seen and whose place is taken by what can be seen, Abhava nischaya. For this we use a method of negation in Sanskrit called neti neti, meaning not this, not this. In our search for relative knowledge of the phenomenal world, There is no need to apply this negation. We use it only to break through the persistent veils of becoming, which are obscuring a substratum of pure being, untainted by condition or change. Even modern scientists agree that the reality of the world is not as it is presented to our senses. Matter is not solid but a cluster of flying molecules. The atom itself is held to be 99.9% empty space. The physicist thinks what he sees with his mind's eye is more real than what he sees with his optical eye. The ensembles of the world are projected by the peculiarity of our mind. For example, we look at randomly scattered stars and see them as various constellations. Scientists use refraction indexes to mathematically understand the corrections necessary in the perceptions of certain illusions, such as whether a rod when placed in a glass of water appears to bend. We use a mathematical notion to deduct that which is unreal. This notion is not perceivable. Our actual experience shows us becoming, not being. Suppose there is a white screen in a dark room. Its whiteness is veiled in a darkness, which by itself has no content. Darkness is nothing more than an absence of light, but it operates or functions as a concealing factor. When we project light on the screen, we see the screen in its pure nature. Then we pass a thin strip of film, which is partially transparent, partially translucent and partially opaque between the source and the screen. This then projects so many ideas of forms on the screen. Now from this interplay of nothing more than varying degrees of light and darkness, we see scenes with people running around, wars, love affairs, weeping, laughter, and we ourselves can become extremely moved by all that. The projection is our enemy in that it obstructs from our vision the true nature of the screen. We are caught thus between becoming and being. When Sat and Asat, being and non-being, come together on a movie screen, there is presented a creation which is absolutely different from either Sat or Asat, which in this case, as represented by the pure white nature of the screen, and the dark patches, which are only a negation of the screen's reality. The fundamental characteristics of becoming are threefold. First, something is originated. What was not there previously is there now. Second, for a period, that which has originated exists or persists in time. Third, whatever originates and persists must again merge back into the matrix of the unmanifest. These three stages are referred to in Sanskrit as utpatti, sthiti and laya. Clay when put on the potter's wheel is transformed into a pot. A transformation is a process in time. For becoming time is a necessary factor. You cannot think of becoming without time. In time what happens? There is a transformation that is a changing of form. Now we bring in form. We do not say new forms are coming, but rather that the original form became transformed. There is a backward and forward movement between clay and pot. Phenomenally, time flows only one way, but the mind can operate both ways. Going back in time takes us to the cause. Going from becoming to being is a reversal in time. Going forward leads to effects only. In this reversibility from effects to a cause, where does the process stop? Pot, clay, crust of earth, chemical components, physical energy, timeless nothingness, without earth or sun or nebula. Beyond this the mind stops and says, please don't drag me any further. I can only throb. Throbbing implies time. I can conceive of transformations only in time. By negating time, we come to pure duration, just as by negating becoming, we come to being. The effect negated leads us to the cause, and the cause negated leads us to pure duration. The pot itself still remains as a baked pot, even when mentally we go back to the original clay. We tampered only with the idea of pot and the idea of clay, The search is entirely within our mind. We know our idea of the form is all that really matters. We need not break a beautiful pot. Pure mind-stuff is the stuff of the idea of both pot and clay and all else. Mind-stuff undergoes all these transformations. That is becoming, being, time, duration, transforming mind-stuff, pure mind-stuff. In the mind-stuff there is no clay. There is only a conceptual connotation we have given to an idea pot which is different from the connotation of the idea clay. Hence, we have ideas and behind them meanings. A meaning implies some precious value. To help see the connection between meaning and values, supposing you receive a message from a judge with these letters, And this is one word, H-A-N-G, H-I-M, N-O-L-E-T, H-I-M, go. Hang him, not let him go. The meaning and inherent value drastically change according to the placement of a simple comma, that is, before or after the word not. So you can have it as hang him, not let him go, or hang him not, let him go. Two opposite meanings come from, depending on where you put the comma. Another example, God is nowhere, or you can say God is now here, depending on where you put the comma. A value is something which can make you happy. The highest value or the value of all values in Sanskrit is Ananda. In Latin, the same is referred to as the bonum. The highest value or the value of all values is called in Sanskrit Ananda. In Latin, the same is referred to as the Samambonam. From a study of being, we have come to pure bliss. And if you miss the train, where do you go? Guru says, from death to death, the ocean of samsara. Chit, Chaitanya and Chetana must be clear terms in our mind. A pot before becoming a pot was not mere clay but pliable clay. The potentiality for the transformation into a pot has to be in the clay. The pot in its non-existent form was in the clay prior to the pot's existence. The clay came from the earth principle. The earth principle is a vertical factor. Clay represents the potency to horizontalize and the pot is the horizontalized form. Regarding consciousness, chit, chaitanya and chetana are these three aspects respectively. Pure consciousness, unmodulated mind stuff and animation or rather the specific expression of consciousness. So chit is pure consciousness, chaitanya is unmodulated mind stuff and chetana is animation or rather the specific expression of consciousness. This second chapter suits the vision of a psychologist rather than the vision of the theologian of the first chapter. There Guru concluded by reducing all theologically-conceived deities to a notion of all this or the Absolute. So the first chapter was theologically-oriented with the God, idea of God second chapter is more psychologically oriented which is talking of our own consciousness chaitanya dagatam sthula sukshma atmaka jagat so its second chapter is bringing us to our chaitanya first chapter was about bhagavam asopto bhuvanam sarvam sankalpa matren Parameshra. so that is the idea of god so theological and in the end all the theological concepts are reduced to one. Mm. one. There is one alone, which is the absolute. In this second chapter he is starting with Chaitanya, that is psychological, mm. with the consciousness of a person. And then saying that consciousness has two aspects, Sthula and Sukshma. Mm. Asti sadhanam, Nasti Chitghanam. So it's reducing to the individual consciousness now. So there is no need to have a God creating. It's our own consciousness which is making these two assessments. That is the second one, apavada. Chaitanya is unbounded mind stuff, that is when it becomes your mind. Chitta is transcendental, pure consciousness. When it functions as your mind, it is called chaitanya. Chaitanya. When it functions as Specific expressions of consciousness, that means your sensation, it becomes Chaitanya. So same consciousness, it goes, undergoes degrees of refraction. Just like when you put a rod in the water, the rod bends, appears to bend. Similarly, pure Chit, when it functions in our consciousness as our mind, it becomes Chaitanya. It undergoes a slight refraction. And that we call our thoughts, our thinking process. And then we have sensations in which we perceive the world, there is a green tree, there is grass, there is a person, colours, sounds and then all that, that form. that is a Chaitanya. That means your consciousness has split further, just like in a prism, when you take a prism, white light, invisible light, it becomes seven colours of the spectrum, rainbow. Similarly, pure Chit, when it comes in your mind, it becomes Chaitanya, it splits. Become subject, object, all the mental functions now are happening. Then go one step further when it comes to the sense organs, it splits even further into the five sensations and the combination of the five sensations which gives you this colorful world. But without chit, none of these can function. So chit is the original substance, satchit ananda but when you see it from the side of chit, then it is the same chit which is forming all these. Mm. So so what is happening? It's just a degrees of refraction, degrees at which the chit transforms. When the chit transforms into mind stuff, you call it chaitanya. When the chit transforms into sensation, it becomes chaitanya. It's the same thing, but it undergoes degrees of refraction. Dilution, you may say, it becomes diluted. Chit is concentrated. When it comes to the mind, it becomes a little bit diluted. When it comes to sensation, it gets even more diluted. Mm. So the, the potency of the chit becomes dilute when you are in the sensory world. Phenomen- becoming. Now you have come into becoming. So here the journey is to go backwards. And that method is through apavada, through discrimination, mm. that you and start applying your discrimination, or understanding and keep saying neti neti, not this, not this, by denying the presence of the world and saying it is only a phenomena and then you start going to the source. So there is an effort, a mental discipline involved where you are constantly refuting, that is why it says refutation of the projection. The first world is a projection, cosmic projection. And then, truth by consistent refutation of the false. And that process of refutation has to be done consciously by the wisdom seeker. Mm. Through process of refuting, saying, not this, not this, neti, neti. So here he is saying, first five verses in, in, are dealing with sat, and six and seven are, seven are dealing with chit. Mm. So we can see it from that angle also. That when we do the individual verses. So he says the first six verses. The word Sat signifies, is clarified in the first six verses. Verse seven and eight show what Chit is. So within Apavada darshana, the first six will talk about Sat, and seven and eight will talk about Chit. And he ends with Sarvamhi Sarkidanam. So everything is... Ultimately, that is what we have to understand in all of the Vedantic ideas. It is always to come down to the Sachidananda.